Welcome to the Family Bible Journey. If you like our podcast, I'd encourage you to check out our website, familybiblejourney.com. That's familybiblejourney, all lowercases, no spaces, dot com, where you can find links to our social, support the ministry, or find other resources, especially if you're journaling with us through the Bible. Thanks for listening. This is episode 33, season one of the Family Bible Journey Old Testament podcast. Today we're looking at Genesis chapter 41. The title of today's podcast is Fruitful in Affliction. And our key verse for today is Genesis chapter 41, verse 52, where Joseph named his second son Ephraim, saying, For God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. The word of the Lord. We continue to follow the story of Joseph in our podcast, and he is there languishing in prison for years. Even though he is kind and good and faithful to those around him and had served with great integrity and honor and was a true blessing to everyone around him, he just continued to serve in the prison, being forgotten by the people that he'd helped and saved, being scorned by those who used to love him. As difficult as a position as that was, he was exactly where the Lord wanted him to be. And Pharaoh has a couple of dreams in Genesis chapter 41 that really rattle the man. And he goes to his magicians, to his wise men, and he's looking for answers to his dreams. And nobody can seem to help in the cupbearer when he overhears Pharaoh's concern and what's gotten Pharaoh so upset. He says in verse 9, I remember my sins today. I love that verse. In a moment of terrible need, when the Pharaoh himself was in anguish and anxiety, the cupbearer, two years after the fact, finally remembers Joseph, remembers that Joseph has this God-given ability to interpret dreams, and he tells Pharaoh the story of this young Hebrew slave in prison who told him exactly what was going to happen before it happened when he was restored to his position. And he also then relayed to Pharaoh the story of the baker and how Joseph had called that one three days before the baker was hanged for his sins against the throne. Pharaoh wastes no time in summoning Joseph from the prison to hear his interpretation of the dream. And we see Joseph then called from the prison and that he is shaved, that he's cleaned, that he's dressed Uh, that he is put in a royal official's robe and then brought into the audience of Pharaoh himself. And when Pharaoh tells Joseph that he had heard that Joseph could interpret dreams, Joseph, here a foreigner, uh, an alien, who had just been summoned from prison to talk to the king of the country himself, doesn't boast about himself or make any grandiose claims. Rather, he uses this as an opportunity to witness to God. He says, it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. Now we recognize that this is a pagan Pharaoh who has his own religious system of belief and worships a whole family of deities different than the Hebrew God. And Joseph knows this full well, but he isn't afraid because it's God who's prospered him. It's God who had taken care of him. It was God who was with him in the times of his affliction. And so he And the first words out of his mouth points to Pharaoh not to himself, but rather to God, who was going to give Pharaoh the answer. Pharaoh then tells Joseph the dream of the fat cows, the fat ears of grain, 
the seven of each that are then consumed by skinny cows and skinny ears, and that those skinny ears and the skinny cows of the second part of his dream ended up being no better off for having consumed the fatter cows and the fatter grains of his first dream. And Joseph interprets the dreams, informing Pharaoh of the famine of seven years that's going to be on its way, that they're going to have seven years of abundance and seven years then of famine. And not only does he tell the Pharaoh what's going to happen, he already has a solution for the problem in mind because he is going to tell Pharaoh that it would probably be good to tax the land during those seven bountiful years, taking a 20% tax of all of the nation's produce for those seven fruitful years so that they'd be able to survive the seven lean years. And that's exactly what happens. Pharaoh recognizes the wisdom of this plan, and he says to the officials that are gathered around him in the court, can we find a man like this in whom is the spirit of God? And he then appoints Joseph to be second in command of the whole nation of Egypt. What a remarkable turnaround for Joseph, who thus far in the story has been betrayed uh, by his brothers, has been sold into slavery, uh, was, even though he had served faithfully and well in Potiphar's house, ends up being betrayed again and then sold into prison, who in prison rose to the ranks and was forgotten by the people that he had helped for years. He languished in prison, and yet God was always there for him. God was always there with him. And God was actually using those times, those difficult times, and the times where Joseph learned the importance of good management and how to be a good steward and how to manage people and how to keep accounts and keep financial records. All of those things that Joseph had done in the house of Potiphar and in the prison, those were going to be the skills that God was going to use to make Joseph a tremendous success in the court of Pharaoh. There is a great lesson for us in this from the life of Joseph because Joseph never stopped. He never stopped believing. He never stopped trying. He never stopped working. He never changed who he was because of the difficult things that had happened to him. No, he persisted and he continued. He had uh, what a lot of people like to refer to now as grit. He never stopped. And the biblical lesson of Joseph's perseverance and persistence in his righteousness is spoken of also in the prophet Jeremiah, the prophet who is known as the weeping prophet, the prophet who was sent to proclaim the downfall of the nation of Judah, who told the exiles, he wrote a letter from Jerusalem when it was under siege. He wrote a letter to the exiles who were already in Babylon. And it says, seek the welfare of the city where you are and pray for its welfare, because in its welfare you will find your own. And I know that's a paraphrase of that verse from Jeremiah chapter 29, beginning in verse 7, but there is a biblical principle in there that's very important for us. That just as Joseph proved good and faithful in his service to Potiphar and to the jailer and now to Pharaoh, God prospered him in that. And there is a great blessing for us also when we seek the welfare of those around us. I don't care if you are working at a company and you are at the lowest level of janitorial services. If your job is cleaning and scrubbing the toilets for the executives, clean them and scrub them well. For in serving them well, you are serving God well. And I would also say you are serving yourself well. 
if you are an executive or someone who is in management and you treat your people as liabilities and not as assets, well, they're going to treat you like a liability and they're not going to take very good care of you. But if you treat your people like an asset and you care for them and you prosper them and you help them and you recognize that your success will be found in their success, your fortunes will rise as theirs will rise. Even if for the moment you find yourself in a position of influence or authority over those. You see, these are the sorts of things that people get caught up on and get sidetracked on. It doesn't matter what earthly resource we have, whether it's strength or beauty or wisdom or intelligence. Maybe it's a position. Maybe it's financial wealth. Whatever the resource is that God has blessed you with, when you use it to bless others, they in turn will be a blessing to you because that's just how God has made it. Now, it would be manipulative and something less than godly to treat people well because you think that by doing that, they're somehow going to bless you or benefit you. But for the mature person of faith who is listening to this podcast and understands what I'm saying, we don't do these things in order to get something from them. We do them because this is the way of God and this is the way forward. And these are biblical truths that will stand the test of time even when the world and the vast majority of people in commerce and business and politics and sports and everything else are pursuing their own passions and using their earthly resources to spend them on their own passions. The people who spend them on others and lift others up with what God has given them, they are the ones who are the real blessing on this earth. And they're not doing these things because they hope to get a reward out of it. No, they are receiving the reward for righteousness because of the goodness and the mercy and the love that God has put into their hearts that is a genuine outflowing of his love, care, and concern for them. And Joseph prospers here in the Pharaoh's courts. We see that he is given a wife, and before the end of the chapter that he has two sons. And I have a note, verse 52 is actually one of the verses that I have highlighted in green, where he names that second son Ephraim. And we are told the reason why he named his son Ephraim is because God made him fruitful in the land of his affliction. God made Joseph fruitful in the land of his affliction. Sold there as a slave, imprisoned as a slave, Joseph recognized that it was God's hand at work in all these things. And God made him fruitful. God blessed him. God prospered him in the times of his affliction. And that, my friend, is our blessing for today. If this podcast is a blessing to you and you would like to make a financial investment in our ministry, go to the website, familybiblejourney.com, where you can make a one-time contribution or, even better yet, become one of our monthly sponsors. I receive zero compensation from this podcast because it is 100% a labor of love for you. 90% of your donation goes to our cause and 10% a tithe to other ministries we support. All contributions are tax deductible. And as always, thank you for your investment and thanks for listening. Our blessing for today. May the Lord make you fruitful in times of your affliction. Amen.